0: Online and worldwide. It's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of from Studio B. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. And greetings from Atlanta, Georgia, where we come to you today as the Pelicans get set to take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Boy, it's been a long time since we've been on the road. Six straight at home for the Pelicans. They went three-and-three on the homestand and Here tonight, they'll wrap up their season series with the Atlanta Hawks. They beat the Hawks back in New Orleans earlier this season, so they'll look to sweep another Eastern Conference team before coming home to take on the Miami Heat tomorrow. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and we've got a great show for you today. By the way, how are your brackets doing? (laughs) I think I read this morning that uh, based on ESPN.com and somebody else, uh, the number of Brackets still intact, uh, meaning a perfect bracket is now less than 1%, maybe even less than half a percent um, after yesterday's NCAA tournament play. Sure was fun. A lot of great games yesterday, a couple in overtime, and we'll do it all over again today. So um, I hope all of you who are feeling sick for the second day in a row are feeling better. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know what I mean. Uh, Anyway, so we'll focus on that. Uh, certainly in our own lives today. But here on the Black and Blue Report, we're going to focus on the NBA and uh, the NFL regarding uh, Zach Streif and the New Orleans Saints. We're pleased to bring in Zach today to the program. He'll make his uh, first visit ever to Studio B. He'll sit in Studio B, whereas I'm in Atlanta. And then a bit later on, we'll check in with Michael Wallace. He is the uh, chief man responsible for the Miami Heat Index on ESPN.com. He'll get us up to speed on LeBron and company and get a set for tomorrow night's uh, nearly sold-out game at Smoothie King Center. I I do understand at this point there are a very limited amount of tickets still available for tomorrow night's game. It's one of our biggest home dates of the year, for obvious reasons. And then, uh, as we'll wrap up the show today, we'll do it with Head Coach Monty Williams. Uh, Last night we aired another episode of the Monty Williams Show, and uh, quite frankly, it's probably our best visit of the week with Head Coach Monty Williams. Um, Maybe it's because... We, uh, in most cases, get to sit down in his office or on the team playing kind of by ourselves, but we'll cover a number of different topics again, and for those of you unable to listen to that show last night, wanted to bring you what Coach had to say on the program here today on this podcast, the Black and Blue Report. So, we have a very busy show on this Friday, and that's a good thing, as we talk both Pelicans and Saints today, And uh, and I'm really excited to talk to Zach, and I'm so glad that the Saints and Zach Streif have uh, come to terms on a new free agent contract, and he'll be back on that front line there uh, working with Drew Brees uh, starting in August. So, well, actually they'll start working sooner than that with OTAs and min- minicamp and whatnot. But, you know, training camp will seem uh, normal, to say the least, with Zach Streif around. So I'm very excited to talk to him, the uh, native of Cincinnati, Ohio, Again, stopping by here on the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. That's where you get the daily lineup, really. At Black Blue Report, Daniel Salerson maintains that Twitter account, does a great job. You'll want to follow that, and then you'll know each day who's on the podcast. And uh, what we love most about the podcast is that it's yours, of course, anytime afternoon central, most every weekday. And uh, we call it No Appointment Radio because you can take it with you on walking the dog or on the treadmill or in the car on the way home whatever the case may be, and certainly now so many avenues to get this podcast at either NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, both of the two team apps, the Saints app and the Pelicans app, and then I know a lot of you enjoy the program through iTunes where it just downloads to your phone automatically every day. So, again, free on iTunes. All you have to do is type in black and blue report, and you should be able to find that pretty easy. So the Pelicans tonight will look to get back on track as they take on the Atlanta Hawks. Well, that, we'll talk with Monty Williams a bit later. We'll preview tomorrow night's matchup with the Miami Heat with Michael Wallace of ESPN.com. But up next here on the Black and Blue Report, we welcome into Studio B Zach Street right after
2: this. All-Star Anthony Davis and the Pelicans host some of the NBA's most exciting teams during this March homestand at the Smoothie King Center. Don't miss your only chance to see the NBA defending champion Miami Heat this Saturday night at 7 p.m. The Brooklyn Nets visit on Monday the 24th, followed by the L.A. Clippers on Wednesday the 26th and the Utah Jazz on Friday the 28th. Tickets for these All-Star Pack games are as low as $11. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get yours today.
1: I'm Pelicans forward Jason Smith. Every day, one in six Louisiana households are at risk of hunger. I'm attorney Morris Spark, and every day Second Harvest Food Bank helps thousands of our local neighbors in need. That's why I'm teaming up with the New Orleans Pelicans to ask you to join us in the fight against hunger.
3: Text the word Pelicans to 80088 to join the Second Harvest family, and you will also have a chance to win autographed Pelicans gear, floor seats
1: to a game, and much more. Join us, because together we can solve hunger. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, Michael Wallace from ESPN.com regarding the Miami Heat, head coach Monty Williams. But uh, as promised, uh, with us here in our studios in New Orleans is uh, Zach Streif, offensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints. Zach, uh, greetings from Atlanta. I'm sorry I can't be there in person with you, but I'm certainly glad you stopped by the studio for the first time.
3: It's no problem. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
1: Congratulations on a new deal.
3: Thank you very much. I... uh... I'm uh, I'm extremely excited to be back. I, that free agency process is not as much fun as it's advertised as, especially when you have a strong <laughs> desire to go to one place and and you know kind of be in your home. And uh, I'm I'm just glad that it worked out.
1: How did you go about it? And, and and maybe from the perspective of that you did want to stay. I mean, free agency is here. That's a that's a right that you've earned. But yet I think didn't all along you wanted to stay in New Orleans?
3: Yeah. It, you know, it's – uh, you you have to keep – uh, you have to be smart about it um, and kind of try your best to keep a level head. Um, as much as I did want to stay, you have to be open to the possibility that it's not going to work out um, for whatever reason that is. Um, and so, you know, you, you try and keep an open mind and, and go into it with that mindset that it might not work. And I think that's the same way uh, the teams go into it, that, you know, even if they want a guy, maybe it doesn't all come together. So um, – you know, try to keep a level head and, and yet at the same time uh every time we heard from somebody else, I made sure to emphasize uh to my agent that he needed to call the saints and make sure that they were uh, in the loop and and see if we could uh you know get something accomplished.
1: That'll make a lot of people happy here um Zach, I'll certainly ask you the same question I asked Jerris Bird and Eric Lorig and some of the other free agent signees. Um, why New Orleans and why, why were you so passionate about trying to make this work another go round?
3: Well, I think for me, maybe a little different than those guys. Um, you know, I'm sure that in New Orleans now there's a culture of winning here um, that I'm sure is attractive to people outside of the, uh, outside of the building. And, and that's something that guys, I think, all desire is to be on a winning team. Um, and for me, even more so than that, I feel like I've become a part of creating that culture. Um, you know, I, I do feel invested in, in the kind of the change that's, that's occurred here over the last eight years. And, um, you know, that, that's important to me to be around and, and to continue and to have the possibility of finishing my career in the place where I started, uh, you know, had a lot to do with it. And, and on top of all of that, I love the guys here. I love the coaching staff. Um, you know, I have, I have a personal relationship with a lot of people in this building, um, from, uh, equipment you know guys to training staff to the coaching staff and certainly to my teammates so um, there's a lot of reasons for me that it made sense to stay um, and you you topped that all off with getting to continue to live in new orleans and, and all the great stuff that it provides uh, it was it was hard for me to come up with a reason to leave
1: cincinnati is home originally right yes when you when you look at the years that you've spent here though and now the prospect of finishing your nfl career in new orleans and all that has new orleans really become home now or do you still kind of hold on to ohio a little bit
3: um no i I think i think even my mother at this point would concede that new orleans is my home uh as as much as it probably pains her to say um you know this will probably uh bearing an unforeseen circumstance be the place where i where i spend the rest of my life Uh, i feel like i'm a part of the community um you know people talk a lot about it's the people that make new orleans and and you know when it's the people that make a city it's hard to leave it because you can't bring those people with you you can go to another city that has great festivals or has big parties or has a great atmosphere or has great food there's other cities in the world that have those things but the people here i feel are really unique and and uh, really you know i don't think that i could let that go out of my life i think that that staying you know here with the people that i've met and the friendships that i've built uh is is really you know important to me
1: zach streep with us here on the black and blue report all right zach give me the give me the zach streep kind of state of the offensive line for the black and gold right now as it stands this off season maybe take a piece of what you took away from last season and what you'd like to see happen here uh down the road where where do things stand in your eyes
3: um, you know, obviously, there's still a little bit of personnel work that needs to be done. Um, I, I don't want to play general manager. Um, I don't. <laughs> I certainly don't desire that job. Um, but uh, you know, th- there's some more personnel things. I think more than anything, if you look at, at uh, the offensive line and where we stand, I think we've got some momentum going into the off season. Um, I think we played well at the end of the year. Um, I, th- I do think we struggled a little bit early with uh, some of the changes that we made, just just in understanding the concepts. Um, you know, sometimes those things are harder than they might appear um, to, uh, to really understand what exactly you're trying to do and, and to figure out how it's best for you to do it. Um, you know, when we change the zone scheme. So uh, I think there'll be a lot more growth this offseason. I think where we're starting is a much stronger position. Um, and, and I think that there's some youth that's going to be added. Um, and, and, you know, it's exciting to see some of those guys grow and see how they develop.
1: How are you spending your off season? Are you are you climbing the peaks of Machu Picchu or anything else exciting for us? Nah, Steve's
3: much more of an adventurer than I am. I, <laughs> yes. I don't think I, I don't think I can keep up with him. Um, you know, uh, let's see, what have I done? Uh, not too much. A um, little bit of golf and and some cooking and spent time with friends. Uh, I've actually had a lot of people come in town this year uh, which has been nice, uh, to kind of, I've, I've, I feel like I've shown off the city of New Orleans about 10 times this off season. So, um, you know, I, I, I do my best to kind of get some, some true real relaxation in. Um, I haven't even really taken a vacation yet, I've kind of stuck around and obviously I did Mardi Gras. Um, I'm a, uh, I ride in Bacchus, uh, so that's a lot of fun and, and, you know, just do what New Orleans has to offer and, uh, it's been a good off season. I I feel really rested. Um, You know, I feel like mentally I'm in a good place and and certainly excited to get back to work. You start kind of itching for the uh, structure again.
1: Zach, I'm trying to picture a 6'7", 320 pound or so Bacchus rider. Mm -hmm. That seems a little intimidating to me.
3: Yeah, well, (laughs) actually, uh, you stick out. Actually, uh, one of our trainers, uh, Kevin Mangum, (laughs) told me that someone pointed out they they said you know I have a mask on and someone was like there's Zach Streif and I was sitting down we were stuck we weren't uh moving and Mango said no it's not no it's not and he said I, he, he's like I saw you stand up and I said yep that's Zach Streif so I stick out even in that situation um actually the guy that rode next to me stood on a cooler so uh it didn't look as bad as you'd think
1: Zach I have this very unique job of covering both the NBA and the NFL and I'm I'm always in awe of the contrasts and similarities between the two types of athletes and the rhythms of their seasons and whatnot. I generally ask the basketball players um, what they like to do in their off season, and usually the answer is, well, I want to add this to my game, or I've got these two moves that I'd like to kind of make a part of my career. What about offensive linemen? In the offseason, <laughs> yeah. do you try and – I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for the words here. Do you try and add moves or add something to your game? Um, I'll tell you, I don't have
3: moves. Um, <laughs> I think I have probably a lack of moves. Uh, there's definitely things that you work to develop as an athlete. Um, you know, there's been years where my past set had struggled. you. What, really what you do is you think back and you go back and watch tape and say, you know, where have I struggled? And, and you try to develop those parts of your game where that, that seem to be a problem, um, You know, for me, I think the running game, uh, run blocking, aiming points, uh, pad level, things like that are going to be really big for me this year. Um, And and those are the types of things that I'll probably focus on. Um, And there's lots of ways to do that stuff. But even at the end of last season, uh, not knowing my future, uh, I'd sat down with Brett Engels, our offensive line coach, a couple of times and kind of said, you know, here's some things that clearly, uh, you know, we as a group and I personally need to work on and, um you know, once we get back into workouts, we'll start kind of addressing that as a group. Um, and really, I think even more so than basketball, a lot of those things will be done uh, with us as a position group, less so than than me as a player or any other guy by himself.
1: I enjoyed kind of getting to know you a little bit throughout the season, you know, uh, visiting with you in different circumstances. I think back to last summer, Zach, there was a uh, a time during training camp when I was still trying to get to know you a little bit. And there was one day that was in particular really hot, nasty <laughs> during training camp. And I wanted to sit down with you for a few minutes, and you just, I, and I'm really glad you were just honest with me and said, look, today sucked. And today is not the day because <laughs> it's like 98,000 degrees, and I just don't feel good. Um, the reason I bring that up is because you all will train partially in West Virginia at the Greenbrier this summer. Um, what advantages does that bring?
3: Um, yeah, I actually got a chance, uh, the, the architect that's building the facility was in, in the, uh, office today and I got a chance to meet him and see the plans. Um, first of all, it's going to be a beautiful brand new facility, um, which will be nice. Um, look, it, there's no, there's no denying that practicing in the type of hu- humidity and, and heat that we do, um, is, is detrimental to your body, um, to your body's ability to recover. Um, you know, it's just hard uh, it's something that obviously you get used to and when we deal with, but um, I think what this camp is going to allow us to do is enter the season fresher. Um, I think it's actually going to allow us to work a little bit harder um, in training camp to put in uh, more time and, and really be more focused on, on what we're doing because the, the fact of the matter is there's days in training camp where you're, you're just trying to finish the practice. Um, you're trying to get through it. You, you know, it's not, it's not a mental thing. Um, I know a lot of mentally tough guys that have, have been through it. Um, it. It's just a physiological thing that, you know, in those conditions and, and that kind of temperature, uh, it's hard to focus and, and, and work on the things that you need to work on when you're also dealing with a 110-degree heat index. So um, I think it will be really good for our team. Um, obviously, it's tough to leave the fans, um, and hopefully they'll understand that. And, and I think when we come back, we'll certainly do some stuff with them uh, but I think ultimately it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a huge advantage to our program this year.
1: Zach Streep with us here on the Black and Blue Report. One more thing before I let you go, Zach, um, and I appreciate your time today. Did the did the way the season ended uh, leave a bad taste in your mouth or did it, did it uh, I guess, push you toward taking a, another large step this next season? How did you leave it?
3: Well, it's, it's never, it's really hard to take uh, silver linings in this league especially once you've kind of reached that ultimate goal that you're trying to get to you know we've won a Super Bowl here and we know what that feels like and we know that we're capable of it and uh so it's I've always found it very hard to leave a season and say well we didn't win but you know it went good at the end or you know or we played okay and um I think what you really do is it drives you every year a little bit more um you know we were a couple games away and and it's not a big difference you know to be two games away and uh, I think you certainly watch how the Super Bowl played out and say, you know, we're not that far away um, from being back there. And, uh, you know, that that's always going to be the goal here. As long as – as long as I, I know for a fact, as long as Coach Payton's here, there's never going to be a season where anything less than a Super Bowl is is not a disappointment. It just always will be. And um, I think that that, that goal and, and that vision drives us more than anything, more than any type of, you know, momentum or, or – uh, silver lining that you take out of a season will ever give us.
1: Good way to end right there. Appreciate it, buddy. And uh, I'm so glad you're back. There's no doubt. I, I appreciate it. Glad to be back
3: and uh, look forward to some more of these conversations.
1: <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> Zach Streef with the black and gold, the New Orleans Saints, uh, and Streef come to a deal that uh, makes a lot of people happy, to say the least. Thanks for coming by here on the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, head coach Monty Williams of the Pelicans and Michael Wallace of ESPN.com. We'll join him next.
4: Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are auctioner. We are also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News & World Report in eight different specialties, and number one in the country by care checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care, one more reason to choose auctioner And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner health care with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: Well, not only do the New Orleans Pelicans start a back to back tonight, the Hawks uh, in Atlanta and then Miami tomorrow night, the Miami Heat themselves also start a back to back. They welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies tonight and then. We'll see Miami for their lone visit to New Orleans tomorrow night. With that here on the Black and Blue Report, we welcome in once again Michael Wallace. He's in charge, among other things, of the Miami Heat Index for ESPN.com. Michael, good morning. Where do we find you today? I know you're traveling about.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I'm in uh, in, in Miami today. Uh, the Heat played the Grizzlies tonight, and then I'm headed your way. So uh, get the beignets ready for me, man. The beignets and the Hurricanes ready for me.
1: We shall, and we'll have good weather for you too. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. So, uh, Michael, let's let's start with what's going on with Miami as we get set to see them uh, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, what is it now? Six of the last nine have gone the wrong way for Miami?
5: Yeah, they've lost six of nine. This is their worst stretch uh, of play since that first season together in 2010. Um, it's been a number of reasons. I mean, these guys are, have been trying to manage minor injuries, so they've been trying to rest guys. Uh, they've also tweaked the lineup four or five different times over the last two weeks. Uh, from a rotation and a starting group standpoint, uh, they're really searching for consistency. And um, you know, it's it's Eric Spoelstra has been trying to tell these guys that you can't rely on with the success that you had last year or the year before uh, to just sort of kick in once the playoffs get here this year. You, you know, they they really have to work for it. And um, Miami's been a team that's been searching searching for continuity and consistency all season. And having said that, you know, they they won forty game uh, forty six games and. Uh, you know, have the second-best record in the East. So they're doing something right, but it's just not wh- where they've been uh, when they've been on top of their game in recent seasons.
1: You know, Michael, I think it was about a month ago. I think it was about a month ago, yeah, that Miami head coach Eric Spolster said, it's time for us to impose our will upon the league or something to that uh-huh. effect. Um, is So with that being said, has there been some
5: level of frustration because they haven't been able to do that? They've done it in stretches and that's the thing. I mean it's like okay when they, when their backs get you know get against the proverbial wall they'll come out with a, a six game winning streak or eight game winning streak or you know put some games together like they did in February that wrapped around the all-star break in New Orleans where uh, I think they won six or seven or eight in a row. I mean they, they basically blew through the West uh, to start that trip then stopped in New Orleans and played the all-star game and then went and beat Dallas and then Oklahoma City. Um, so they've had some stretches there that they've, they've you know, shown how they can sort of impose their will on the league. But they've also lost 11 games this season, 11 of their 20 games this season. They've lost to the teams with sub-500 records. So there have been some stretches of inconsistency and, and lapses there. And uh, I think that's what's been frustrating for Eric to try to figure out.
1: It seems to me, at least in reading your, your work, that there's this thing called the, the maintenance uh, program or something along those lines. What, what
5: exactly is that for Miami? <laughs> right. That's uh, that's the Heat's version of what Greg Popovich does with the San Antonio Spurs veterans. I mean, you, you come up with something that's been nagging, and you say, okay, I'm going to shut you down uh, the, the front end of a back-to-back next week, Dwayne. Uh, the following week, LeBron, you get a night off uh, to rest your sore back. As we saw uh, earlier this week, LeBron sat out in Boston um, you know, with the sore back, so to speak, after he scored 43 against Cleveland the night before. Uh, there's really no reason to push these guys physically at this point. Um, they're sort of locked in uh, to that number two seed. Yes, they're still within striking distance of catching Indiana, uh, who has a, a three-game lead over the Heat, and they still have two games against each other. Um, but for the most part, Miami, there's no one, the, the third-place team isn't going to catch Miami. They're too far ahead of that. So, over these next 16 or final 16 regular season games, you're going to see more of that maintenance program come in where guys get periodic uh, time off uh, to sort of rest for the playoffs.
1: So where I'm going with this is that Miami starts a back-to-back today, Memphis tonight, New Orleans tomorrow. Um, uh-huh. Who gets rest this week and, and who doesn't? I, I, and I guess maybe just let me be blunt here. Who plays in New Orleans on Saturday night and who doesn't?
5: Well, I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of people have tweeted me and, and sent messages wondering, uh, you know, hey, I got tickets to the New Orleans game. Is LeBron going to be there? You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the question. That's where it all goes. And the thing is, LeBron probably will play both. He's been the hardest guy to keep, you know, to, to stay consistent in the maintenance program because even though Spolster may want him to rest, LeBron basically refuses to do it most times. And um, so my guess is that he will. He, he's obviously going to play at home. You know, he should play at home against uh, Memphis on Friday. And then Saturday, obviously, uh, I would expect him to be in the lineup uh, to face New Orleans. I, th- I think he just has that much love for the game to want to go out there and do that. Um, and-, and then they have a couple days off before they play uh, Monday, you know, against uh, against Portland at home, too. So you won't see Greg Oden in both. You won't see Dwayne Wade in both. Um, it's likely that Oden will sit out uh, Saturday in New Orleans and play Friday against Memphis and it's likely that Dwayne would do the same thing. So you'll see at least – you'll see either Dwayne or LeBron, but most likely LeBron in New Orleans.
1: Okay. Um, you know, we had we had Toronto in uh, New Orleans the other night, and while they hold down the third seed in the East, they would be outside of the playoff picture in the West. And this ongoing yeah. conversation about East versus West and, and where the power resides or the strength of one or the other, has, has have the heat been – immune to that conversation or do they take do they take are they taken into it because they play the majority of their games against the eastern conference?
5: They you know they 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 monitor it they you know obviously th- that debate and that dis- discussion doesn't elude these guys um the thing about it is that Miami's played the west so well and so that's why they don't really you know buy too much into you know uh, the east being inferior because if you look at what Miami's done against the west and maybe even indiana if i'm not mistaken um they fare pretty well against the top teams in the west um and but but you're right you're right i mean something this is consistently happening where the west is for i would say at least eight out of the last 10 years have had teams that you know the the sixth place team in the west will be the third place team in the east and there's a there's been an imbalance there uh that's gone on you know so long and one of the things that, that, that comes up in, in some of the debates that I've had either with ESPN or some other guys or some team, some players around the league is, you know will Adam Silver, the new commissioner ever consider changing up the playoff format and maybe going with a automatic qualifiers for the top six in each conference and then going with uh, at large for the next best four records overall. And uh, that might be a way to sort of do it because there's no reason at all why you would have three teams, possibly three teams in the East with sub-500 records making the playoffs this year. Um, and, and you got you know teams in the West that are above 500 that won't even make it. I mean, it just seems like it's unfair.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, other than, uh, I guess, staying sharp or regaining some rhythm, uh, what do you see the Miami Heat doing the last uh, 15 or 16 games here uh, as far as being able to uh, keep themselves at the ready, and certainly uh, well aware of what Indiana is going to try and bring at them in the playoffs.
5: And, and that's the thing that's been, you know, that's <laughs> been sort of maddening for, for you know uh, the heat play, some of the heat players and, and the coaching staff, and especially the fans, you know, here in Miami, is that you know it's not like the Pacers have been blowing through the second half of the schedule either. I mean, they've been struggling. Every time it seems like Miami loses, Indiana loses. Uh, Indiana lost at New York earlier this week, and Miami's blown chances over these last two weeks. Uh, to sort of close the gap. And, you know, so basically they're sort of matching one another's good performances and bad performances. And, um, you know, they, they feel like there's still a chance to catch them, but at the end of the day they want to go into the playoffs healthy. The, 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 the key is why can't you do both? Why can't you, you know, go into the playoffs healthy and rested and still get to your better basketball as you're doing it? And that's what they're trying to figure out over these last 15, 16 games.
1: How much of it is interest? I know it's been a long season.
5: It is, it is, and, and they will tell you. LeBron talked about this the other day in Boston. Um, it, it is tough. I mean, now you're starting to see the, the the fact that they played, they've been, they played through June, through late June, each of the last four years. So they played the equivalent of basically, excuse me, yeah, the last. This this will be the fourth year they're doing it. So over the last three years, they played the equivalent of four NBA seasons from a from a time frame standpoint. Uh, when you talk about the extra three months from, you know, mid-April, May, and June. So, you know, you multiply that times the three years that they've gone to the finals each of the last three, I mean, that gives you another NBA season there. And it does show up the fatigue that they're carrying. Uh, Kevin McHale, who was on that Boston Celtics team that went to the finals four straight years, talked about it when he came here with the Rockets last week, is that, yeah, you feel it after the season, but as you're going through it, uh, y- your mind tells your body, hey, you know, this is not where we need to break down at right now. So we'll see. The fatigue is catching up. The interest level, you know, they know that in in three weeks they're going to be they're going to have to play their best basketball, uh, or start to play their best basketball. So part of that human condition is affecting these guys right now.
1: No doubt. Hey, we're looking forward to your your annual visit, uh, Michael, to uh, New Orleans.
5: <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me, man. Always a pleasure.
1: Hey, we love having you. There's no doubt about that. We'll look we'll look for you at uh, Smoothie King Center tomorrow night. That's Michael Wallace, the Miami Heat Index with ESPN.com. He's our guest today here on the Black and Blue Report, and we'll continue with our program from Atlanta today in just a moment. All Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot or home for an LED conversion, because we know we can save you some money.
4: Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Entergy customer. Saving energy saves you money, and the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects
1: can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Energy videos walk you through it. Visit EnergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy.
0: Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly with you from Atlanta, Georgia today. I do have to tell you, we went out to dinner last night, uh, John DeShazer and myself, and John wore his uh, New Orleans Saints pullover here in Atlanta and uh, got some looks, to say the least. But I was proud of him. He wore the colors last night here in enemy territory. Uh, Tonight, the Pelicans are taking on the Atlanta Hawks over at Phillips Arena. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, wanted to share with you our visit with head coach Monty Williams for the Monty Williams Show. That airs Thursday nights at 8 on 105.3 WWL-FM. It's uh, probably, again, our best visit of the week with Coach, uh, maybe because it's one-on-one, maybe it's because we have time to flesh out a few topics, but we've got two segments of that show from last night to play for you here on the Black and Blue Report today, and without further ado, here's segment one with Head Coach Monty Williams. Coach, uh, here in Atlanta, I I look back just a little bit before we look forward, and that's um the longest homestand of the year finished at three and three, with a loss to Toronto last night. When you when you think about the homestand, um, and maybe not games in particular, maybe you will. What do you take away from the last stretch there?
6: Our guys obviously competed in every game. Um, we had a chance to win every single game. Unfortunately, we were uh, three and three. Now, <laughs> most people would be like that. That's pretty good for a young team. But we know uh, we had a chance to beat memphis Uh, playing that game without tyreek and eric was a bit of a chore and our guys came out and competed their tails off portland we let go down the stretch and uh, toronto was another game that we felt like we had in the bag but i'm proud of overtime win against boston felt like we had to win that game twice and um our guys just continue to compete um a lot of our guys are Getting valuable experience in positions they've never been in before. Um, I think we did pretty good uh, for a team that's been through as much as we've been through. Um, and we, we got to take that and more onto the road. And we got some more games here at home before we head out again. Uh, but I, I'm proud of our team and excited about the future.
1: You mentioned uh, last night. I think it was after the game the 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 offensive rebounding problems that you I guess that were caused by allowing Toronto to offensive rebound like they did. Physicality comes into that. Um, What's the difference between physicality and staying out of foul trouble? You know what I mean by that? We've seen some of your bigs uh, handicap you all by getting into foul trouble, but yet
6: you need more physicality. Well, I think a lot of times you have to, as Coach Randy Ayers would say, do your work early. Um, Lexi's a case in point. Sometimes he reacts to a play instead of impacting the play, and he'll reach as opposed to moving his feet and getting his body set to hit a guy, and and then the guy moves before he thinks about it, and he reaches, and he picks up a silly foul, being seven foot two, and he's reaching. Um, Free throw rebounding, you know, allowing guys to get to the position before you do. Those are times where you can be physical before something happens, and those are uh, opportunities for us to get a hit on a guy, um, even screening. You know, we've gotten a number of offensive fouls in screening situations because we didn't get there quick enough or the guard went too fast. And that's, a, that's an opportunity for us to, to really lay some wood on a guy. And it just comes from experience, uh, but, but a lot of it just comes from playing together um, over a long period of time.
1: You went with Greg Steamsma back at the starting center during the homestand, and then I'm watching Lexi come off the bench last night. He had one of his better efforts, at least in the early going of the game. Is it, has, has your working through the process now uh, become a realization that a guy like Lexi is just – he's
6: better off the bench? Is that what's happened here? I don't know. It's, it, it is a tough deal. Um, as you know, we've done it by committee all year long. Mm-hmm. He has not been comfortable in the starting lineup, um, but to be honest with you, neither is Greg. You know, Greg likes to come off the bench as well. So, you're talking about backups who are playing in starting roles, and you know, I got, it's on me to figure out when to get them in and when to get them out. You know, we we call it shelf life. A lot of backup players have a shelf life. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's seven. Um, it's a tough deal, but it's one that I have to figure out because uh, Jeff has been effective at the center position, and you know, trying to figure out which one of those guys is going to play that position is a tough call.
1: You've got 15 left. Um, do you try Jeff out as a starter just to see, or is he just not built for it yet? I don't think he's built for
6: starting right now, but we may do it just to just because of circumstance. I think he, um, when you you only weigh about 230. Playing against centers who are you know 250, 260, 270, it, it's tough on your body, and he he's a shelf life guy. Uh, he's Exhibit A for that. You know you got to get him in, and then once you start seeing his production and his activity going down, you got to try to get him out of the game. But Jeff has been pretty good for us the past few weeks. His activity, um, he didn't finish well last night around the basket, but he's not afraid. He comes from a big time program, so that that lends me to think that he can produce and not let the moment get to them too much.
1: Whether it be coaching or banking or management or anything else, you always hear people say through a difficult time, whether uh, results aren't what you thought they'd be or it's been an adverse situation, you always hear somebody say, well, you know what, I'll be better for it when it's all said and done. When you look back at the season, which I know has been disappointing to you because of um, the injuries and everything else, When you look at yourself as a head coach, what has made you better in having to go through all this now that you're 67-some-odd games into this process?
6: Sean, I think I have to just go back to the beginning of my tenure here. Um, I've talked to so many head coaches and and different people in basketball and the NBA in general. Um, And to a man, all of them (laughs) always remark that they've never seen – Anybody in their first four years have to deal with and go through some of the things that I've had to and Early on I used to think I made a wrong decision because I was so overwhelmed by ownership changes superstars leaving GM gets fired injuries uh, players family members dying, you know in crazy accidents and Injuries, 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 and <laughs> all these things that were happening. Um, my deal was that I wasn't going off to war, as I always say, and nobody was coming down with the terminal disease, so I could, I could learn from it. And so from that standpoint, I felt like these four years have given me a wealth of knowledge that I couldn't have gotten in a normal situation over 20 years, I would imagine. I mean, I've talked to Pop. Pop calls me frequently. And his words are, "Geez, Lou, what is going on there?" And I'm like, "I don't know, Pop. It's just, you know, what I'm used to. I've I've dealt with a lot of stuff. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, I'll be the first to admit that. But it's made me better. In that, I couldn't pay for these experiences anywhere else. And it's a tough deal, but I know that if we're patient." And if we don't give in and don't try to make too many crazy changes, we're going to be better for it. And um, it's not what I planned for sure (laughs) to start my career off this way, but I think all of the, the things that have happened have been for good. And then you have Anthony, Mr. Benson, a new practice site. I get to coach on the national team. There's so many cool things that have happened that you forget about. Mickey trusted me enough to give me an extension. All those things have really been a blessing, and I can't lose sight of that.
1: All right, coming up next, when we continue with head coach Monty Williams, we're going to talk a little NCAA tournament and uh, not only his memories of uh, his time at Notre Dame regarding the tournament, but how he feels the tournament is an impact upon the NBA today. And there are some interesting thoughts from Coach that
2: we'll share with you next. Buy NBA League Pass and watch the race to the playoffs wherever you want.
1: Goal, rolls it up and in!
2: Curry jumper. You'll get live NBA games on your TV, computer, tablet, and phone.
0: Oh, yeah, BG!
2: Watch the incredible action anywhere. Buy NBA League Pass for the lowest price of the season. To order now, call 855-NBA-LPLP, contact your service provider, or go to NBA.com slash League Pass. New Orleans Pelicans season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take the team to the next level. Plus, season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in the best price for next season. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today.
0: It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Final segment of today's Black and Blue Report. We'll uh, give thanks to those who stopped by here shortly, but uh, first, the final segment of my visit last night with head coach Monty Williams. Of course, day two of the NCAA tournament is uh, underway, and uh, certainly the tournament was on my mind as we pick back up with head coach Monty Williams. Let me take you off topic just a little bit. It's not off topic as far as not basketball, but of course, we've been... Uh, probably uh, overwhelmed today by college basketball. So many folks have been watching the NCAA tournament kickoff today. Let me take you back a few years, because <laughs> I tried to do the same thing for myself, and frankly it was hard. Um, how much tournament experience did you have at Notre Dame? And when you think about that, as you're smiling as I say this, what comes to mind?
6: Well, my rookie, my rookie, my freshman year, um, we were a top ten team in the country, and um, I was a starter as a freshman, and we went to the, the tournament and lost the first game. And we had huge expectations that year and and uh, couldn't get it done. And my best memories were we got new practice gear for the tournament. And the Digger was really into putting phrases on, on the jerseys and whatnot, and I forgot what it was. But I, I just remember the shorts were still tight back then. Uh, we had tank tops on. Nobody had T-shirts on or anything like that. And and then just the level of uh, intensity in the tournament game. We played against Virginia, who was really good, and they had a few pros on their team. And that was one of those moments where I was like, man, i got to get to work this summer uh, to raise my game because they just handled us. And uh, the the tournament was totally different, and it kind of mimics – um, regular season in playoff basketball—it's totally different, and you can't—you can't understand it until you go through it. I, I just remember my first year here with Amecha, and we made it to the playoffs, and he was so overwhelmed with what to expect. And I could tell him all day, you know, what was going to happen, but until he played the first two or three games, it was just like—you can't explain that, and it, it was overwhelming for me. in in college, because you got to think back then when you were a freshman, you were thinking about your sophomore year. You weren't thinking about going pro. You were just thinking about your next year, and all you thought about was winning in the tournament. Now these freshmen are thinking about, you know, who's going to be their agent and how they're going to sign, who they're going to sign with and what pick they're going to go. So the process was totally different. You and I come from the same era there,
1: and now you talk about these young kids – with, with the different mindset they have as freshmen. But you know what's amazing? Is when guys like us at our age hear the CBS NCAA tournament music, or even the kids who are 18 and 19 now, it's the same reaction. Yeah. You can't help but get excited, it almost seems, this time of year.
6: Yeah, it, it brings back, I guess they call it nostalgia. It brings back so many memories. You can remember where you were uh, in college when you were playing in the tournament. Um, you can remember certain games, like when Keith Smart hit the shot. You know exactly where you were when he hit that shot. Uh, those are things that never leave you, uh, unfortunately. When Chris Weber called a timeout, I can remember just sitting in front of the TV and like trying to figure out what was going on, and you hear that music. It's like, wow, I hope they never change that. Because that that's the one thing I, I hate about the NBA is, is they've changed so much. A lot of the NBA games were on NBC back in the day, and the music was so cool. You knew you could be in another room and you hear that music come on, and you would just stop just to go see, you know, who the Lakers were playing because they were always on TV. Now it's 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 a different deal uh, with ESPN and ABC taking over. Good for the league, but totally different for us. The cool thing about college basketball is they've kept almost everything the same.
1: Ironically, both tournament memories you just listed were both. Downtown here in New Orleans, the Keith Smart shot and Chris Weber's uh, timeout call.
2: That's
1: Isn't it? Um, with regard to evaluating players for the next level, is what we see in the tournament good use or is it not enough? As far as you know, what I'm saying we've seen we've seen kids <clears throat> have a great tournament and then maybe then falsely projected them toward the NBA. And we've seen it goes both ways. But what should As we watch the tournament, what should we take away from those performances?
6: Well, I think you can add it to the body of work that a guy already has. I think it's it's not right to say a guy has a bad game in the tournament and all of a sudden it's like he can't play well in the big game. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) He's had like 20 big games all year that he played well in to get to this point. Um, But then – Everything has to be tempered, in my opinion. Um, the stakes are higher, but you're not always going to play your best. And then if you do have a monster game, usually that's an anomaly. Um, I think everything just has to be added to the body of work. It can't be the body of work in totality. But the tournament, that that's where you have to shine. And you can really make a lot of money for yourself if you play well there. But all in all, I think you have to add everything in um, the character of a guy, how he plays, is he coachable, all those things have to be added along with uh, their performance in the tournament. Back to your team to wrap it up. 15 to
1: go, starts with a busy week in Atlanta, Miami. Can you give me something, um, and you usually are really good about this, Coach, would you would you give me something to really watch for, zero in on these on this
6: next grouping of games, or even just this weekend? I think the bounce back of Eric Gordon and and getting AD back in the lineup usually gives us juice. But I think Eric, um, his focus, uh, and ability to carry us, um, you know, lately it's been Tyreek and and AD and Brian's been uh, solid. I think Eric's a guy that if he steps it up in these these games coming up we could really be successful in our rebounding we have to rebound the ball we can't give teams extra possessions and the the last thing is closing out quarters Uh, we've really struggled I think that that comes from not having a veteran point guard Mm -hmm. Um, those guys usually allow you to close out quarters because they they understand the moment uh, and they get the pulse of the game so those things are things I, I would look at and Um, we had a great workout at home, and I expect our guys to play well against Atlanta. As always, we appreciate your time. Great visit, Coach. Thanks. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Hope everybody enjoys the tournament, and come on out and support your team. Thank you.
1: So there you have it. That's the most extensive visit of the week with Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams. The Pels tonight take on the Atlanta Hawks. Our coverage begins at 7 on the Pelicans radio network. You'll also have TV coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans. Their pregame coverage starts at 5.30, 5.30, uh, let's see, 5, mm, boy, i got to get my times right here because I'm in the east and you all are listening primarily in the central. So it's a 6.30 central tip-off tonight on the radio network, 6.30 tip-off on television with their pregame coverage starting at 6 central. There, I think I got it all right. So the Pelicans will look for a season sweep of the Atlanta Hawks tonight. That will be a lot of fun. The Hawks are in a battle for a playoff spot. I'm sure they'll come out gunning tonight, uh, and they're still without Al Horford and uh, that should play into tonight's game as well. I would expect Anthony Davis to be back in action after being sick uh, on Wednesday against the Raptors. So we'll look for the next effort from Anthony Davis tonight, that is for sure. Special thanks to head coach Monty Williams and also Michael Wallace of ESPN.com. He uh, helped us preview tomorrow night's game against the Miami Heat and certainly for Zach Strieff stopping by in person today as we get to visit with him here in the offseason. What a treat to have Zach in studio today. Uh, Coming up on Monday's Black and Blue Report, we have confirmed now Billy Horschel, the defending champ of the Zurich Classic, the uh, PGA Tour star, will be with us on Monday from our Smoothie King Center studios. And also John DeShazer will stop by and preview the NFL owners meetings, which take place in Orlando, Florida, next week. There is a lot on the table for the owners and the competition committee as uh, there are a number of rule change proposals out there. So John will help us uh, sort it all out on Monday, and then throughout the week he'll be reporting to us live from Orlando uh, throughout those meetings next week. Pelicans play three times next week, all of it at home. We'll look forward to that homestand, especially after what we hope is sweeping this back-to-back Atlanta and then Miami tomorrow night. Great show on this Friday. Hope you enjoy the weather this weekend. It should be fantastic. Keep us in mind at neworleansaints.com and at pelicans.com throughout the weekend, too. And for Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly, saying so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.